Hello. Hello. Hello, and welcome to Grace Online. We're really excited for you to be able to receive an encouraging word from Scripture today. Because we know that God is already here, and He is ready to be with you. And let's get ready to hear today's message. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 23. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the door shut being shut where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his side and his hands. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What was that all about? Has anybody ever seen that? You've seen that, exper- experienced having the, the, the gospel read from the, uh, in the nave. Uh, that's not a really old tradition. If you've been to Anglican or Episcopalian churches, you may have seen it. It's something that's kind of one of their things. But I like it for this week and its readings because it's God's word being proclaimed in the midst of his people. It's right down there with you. And that's what our passage is today. Jesus comes through those walls into the room where the disciples are gathered, the evening of the resurrection, and he says to them, peace be with you. The very first words from our risen Lord to his, I'll call them, well, not ex-followers, maybe lapsed followers, uh, is Peace be with you. Some three days before that, in that another upper room, he had gathered them together, had given them the commandment to love one another as I have loved you, and said, my peace be with you. This isn't a throwaway verse, you know, something like what we say when we come, oh, hi, how are you? And we just hope they don't, we, they don't spend an hour telling us really how they are. <laughs> That's not what this is. This is Jesus saying, my peace, my shalom, my intention for you, what you were created to be, the well-being and satisfaction that you have of being a creation of the Lord. That's what I want to give you. 
in this. It's not saying when you have shalom and peace that you don't have problems that come along during the day, you know, all these things. You get everything like me. You get everything all planned out and everything's, and then all, everything happens and all the cards are back up in the air and you've got to, oh, what happened here? No, that's not what's going to happen. It's not going to smooth every bump and hole out of your life, but it will give you the peace and well-being to continue. He goes that, in that night when he was betrayed, he also washes the feet of the disciples. He shows them what love is. Foot washing left to the lowest of the slaves. Because what is it? Well, you've been traveling all day and your feet are dusty and there's some other things. You know, when we walk around here, we see cars in the path and out of their tailpipes comes exhaust. Well, this is a culture that uses animals, and there's more that comes out of their exhaust than pipe than just exhaust. And that's on their feet and sandals. And so Jesus has a pail of water and is washing everything off their feet to show them what love is. And he washes those who will betray him those who will deny him. He washes Peter's feet, the one that that very night, within hours, will be denying him three times. Yet Jesus washes his feet. And yes, he washes the feet of Judas, the one that will sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. And now here he comes into the upper room for the first time to meet them again after the resurrection. And if I were him, I would walk in and say, you dummies, what have I been telling you for three hours, three years? What did, what did I try to teach you? What, what, what did you think was going to happen? Why do you even deserve for me to be here with you? You took off on me. We only have one account in John's gospel of a disciple even being there at the cross, the disciple that Jesus loved. John uses that term for himself. Otherwise, they were kind of like going, okay, the leader who can overcome everybody and he can shout down, he can, he can take care of those Pharisees and the Sadducees and everybody else, he's got it all figured out and they just killed him. Um, you know, I got things to do, I'm a little late, I think I'll hightail it back to Galilee but they're hiding first because they're afraid the Jews are going to hunt them down as well. And Jesus comes into their midst and he says, peace be with you. And here's the part I don't want us to miss because if I had read the entirety of the passage to the end, the next part was what we call the Doubting Thomas part. I hope many of you, if not all, are familiar with that. The one apostle who was not there in that upper room that we just read was the disciple Thomas. And he hears this the other apostle saying, I just saw, we just saw the Lord, he's risen, and he's, no, can't happen unless I touch the holes in his hands and this wound in his side, I will not believe. So a few days later, once again, they're gathered together, the apostles, and Jesus comes to them again. 
and says, peace be with you. And Thomas touches the holes in the wound and he says, my Lord and my God. And here's our verse. Jesus says, have you believed because you have seen? Blessed are those who believe, who have not seen and yet believe. You here today, in that midst there, when I read scripture and invoked his name, where Jesus was there, is there now. He is in our midst as literally as he was for those apostles the night he was resurrected. Physically, no. But he is literally here now with us. He promises where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be with them. I invoked his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we received our Lord and Savior in our midst. He is here now for you. When we read that verse, we don't want to, it doesn't read, you have believed because you have seen me, more blessed are those who have not seen. It's, it's, that's not, it's not a thing, oh, they're better than you because they, they believed and they didn't even need to see. Look at their faith. No, what it's doing is it's tying you in with those apostles and the family of Christ together in that room. He is here now as real as he was in that night that, with the apostles. And he comes to say this, I went to the cross, and on the cross, there were, when I went on there, there were things that separated you and I from the Lord, our sin, our doubts, all of those things that, that pull us away from God, our rebellion, and I paid for them. And on that cross, I left everything that separates you from God and one another. And because you are forgiven, and there's nothing in between us. It's time we say it, share our peace with each other and be at peace. And he doesn't just do it because he, you know, kind of on a drive by, driving by and saying, oh, I, I made it through there and I'm uh, resurrected and you're forgiven and everything's fine. And here, I'm going to flip you the keys to the church and go do something with it. No, he stays there with us. We are now included with him in the coming of his kingdom, in the building up of his kingdom. Christ is the head of the church. We are the body. We are one unit, empowered by the Holy Spirit that he breathed on them at the time. And he says, as the Father has sent me, I send you. I am with you. I am guiding you. But this message of forgiveness with the blessing of peace is available to all now. Go. Go and be there. Take it to the world. Proclaim the cross. Proclaim the forgiveness on the cross and the wonderful, beautiful peace that is available to all. Then we get to the end part here. And 
It is where he, Jesus says about the church. He's going to describe the limits of the church or the boundaries or the endless boundaries of the church. He puts the power that is God's in the hands of the church because it is his church that he is head of. Forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus says, sins that you forgive will be forgiven. Sins that you retain will not be. Anybody? Okay, here we go. And Pastor, you can't argue, you can't answer this because you teach confirmation. But anybody else who had confirmation, do you remember what this is called? Uh, it's the one nobody remembers. It's called Office of the Keys. Okay? Don't, don't worry, nobody remembers it. Office of the Keys. And what's happening here is Jesus is going to say, you are part of my church, you are part of and you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you will do those things such as forgive sins. And that's the good news. Yes, it says some sins will be retained and you will retain them and I'll give you, this isn't a Sunday school class, so I'll give you a homework if you want to find out what that means. Look up the sin of high-handedness and it describes those sins that are retained. A little Google it. But I want to talk about the other side, the side that where your sins are forgiven. Jesus forgives your sins and he wants you to hear that. Jesus died on the cross for forgiveness so that you may be in peace with him and he wants you to hear that and he wants you to hear it from the church where it can be poured into your ears just as the sacraments are poured down your throat and water over your forehead. He wants that beauty of forgiveness to be heard and so he gives this to the church. And the church, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, has always picked out that voice to speak those. That person who they set aside and say, you speak the words of God to us in worship. We'll speak our part, you speak to us, and we'll have that dialogue. Christ is with us. We, he is in our midst. We just need that voice so we may hear that beautiful, beautiful promise of forgiveness. And so they do this through, they ordain, typically. They ordain a pastor. And this is not something that we pastors always decide we want to do. Uh, this is by the power of the Holy Spirit and the church calling the person from their midst to do this. Um, yeah, you, I, somebody like me might be dragged along kicking and screaming, but we follow our call. I, if, you, if you know me and you've heard this way before, um, I've always said until I was called to ordained ministry that I'll never be a pastor. I've got enough troubles of my own. I don't need a congregation's worth. That was literally what I said. But yet I was called to ordained ministry because of the Holy Spirit moving in this particular congregation I was called from. 
to be that voice. And it is that sweet voice of forgiveness that just Jesus wants to give us. It was in that room, in that upper room, that day of his resurrection, and he said, peace be with you. You're forgiven. So now we can have peace. And that peace we want to proclaim today and hear once again. I want to read this from our constant, well, it's out of the, the Lutheran confessions that we follow. It's in the, the, the confessions or in our constitution, in my ordaining uh, right as well. But this is just part of the way it's written by the, I think they wrote it better than I can say it, so that's why I'm reading it to you. But this is about the word of forgiveness that you hear from the church through the pastor's voice. For it is not the voice or word of the person speaking it, but it is the word of God who forgives sins. For it is spoken in God's stead and by his command. And the power of the keys and how comforting and necessary it is for terrified consciences. It is also taught how God requires us to believe this absolution as much as if it was God's voice resounding from heaven and that we should joyfully find comfort in the absolution knowing that through such faith we obtain forgiveness of sins. Christ died on the cross for our forgiveness, for the forgiveness of his apostles who are now reassembled in the upper room. They hear that call to peace. We too can look and gaze upon the cross and see our forgiveness and know that Christ is in our midst now speaking to us. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, there is no greater gift to know that there is nothing between us and you. Lord, we give you thanks that you saw fit to send your Son, our Savior, to take on those sins, to die on the cross for us so that he may come before us and proclaim the sweetest of all promises. Peace be with you. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us online at gracehb.org.